know, when it comes to the rite of Christian initiation for adults, commonly known, of course, as the RCA program, every class is important. Every session is, is really significant. And so therefore, if you miss a particular class or session, it's kind of a big deal. And not just in an arbitrary sort of way, but in a real significant sort of way, because you're probably missing a class on, for example, the Beatitudes, the Sacraments, perhaps even one of the Ten Commandments. Now, obviously, if you're a candidate taking the RCA program, you might not fully appreciate this right away, right? And so, for example, if you miss a class on the Fifth Commandment, Thou shalt not kill, you might, again, think it's not so much a big deal, right? Because you're thinking to yourself, well, gosh, I don't kill people. I'm not guilty of murder or manslaughter. So what's the big deal if I miss this one session on the Fifth Commandment? But, of course, what's missing from this particular perspective is that when it comes to any one of the commandments, there's both a positive duty and also a negative duty, if you will, right? So there's things you're supposed to do and things you're supposed to avoid. And also, they run a lot deeper than, than what they seem to be, right? And so, for example, when it comes, again, to the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill, yeah, okay, fine, avoid murder, avoid manslaughter. But at the same time, you've got to recognize there's, for example, a duty to take care of yourself, and on top of that, there's a really important duty and obligation to take care of your neighbor, right? In the sense of avoiding, for example, malicious gossip or speech that would otherwise take away or damage the reputation of your brother or sister in Christ. You know, that said, the particular commandment that I want to focus on for our purposes today is actually the second commandment, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. And again, it runs a little deeper than we might expect. So for example, when it comes to this particular commandment, I think a lot of people, when they look at it, they tend to reduce it to this exhortation to avoid the use of four-letter words or to avoid the use of saying some variation of OMG. Whereas in reality, just to kind of quote Father John Ricardo, the real spirit of the second commandment, and again, this exhortation to avoid using the Lord's name in vain, is to avoid speaking of God or the things of God in an empty fashion. And so, for example, when it comes to the holy sacrifice in the Mass, Am I aware that the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is precisely that? Not simply a meal, not simply a celebration, but actually a sacrifice. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the sacramental presentation of the crucified Christ. And on top of that, when it comes to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, do we have a proper understanding of what the Church means when she talks about this notion of active participation? And so, for example, I think a lot of people, when they think about the notion of active participation in the Mass, they tend to kind of reduce it to something like participating in a visible form of ministry in the context of the liturgy, whether we're talking about being an altar server, uh, singing in the choir, or even being a priest. And while these particular ministries are obviously really important when it comes to the life of the Church, especially when it comes to the weekend, at the same time, you've got to be really careful to not reduce the notion of active participation to mere participation in these particular ministries. And so given all that, perhaps a more appropriate way to kind of frame this notion of active participation in the Mass is to think about it in terms of understanding. Like, do I understand what's going on at any point during the Mass, and am I corresponding both on a head and heart level? So just to kind of use a really easy example, think about the practice of actually receiving the Eucharist in the context of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, right? And so the proper way to think about this particular part of the Mass is to think of it in terms of a dialogue, right? And so the person giving you communion says the body of Christ. And the way to think of the statement is, is sort of like a declarative statement, right? So um, it's like the person is saying to you, this is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ the Lord. And in response, of course, you say, Amen. And a man means basically, yes, I believe. Like, yes, I truly believe that what I'm receiving is the body, blood, soul, and divinity, again, of Christ the Lord. 
But you see, hold that thought and think about some common mistakes you often see people making during the Mass when they're receiving the Holy Eucharist. And so, for example, a lot of people, when they receive the Eucharist, they won't even say Amen. So you're kind of wondering sometimes, like, what's going on there? Other times, people will use sort of a questioning tone, whether they're giving the Eucharist or receiving the Eucharist. Like, the body of Christ, Amen. Like, is this the body of Christ? I'm not really sure. Stuff like that. Or, my, my personal favorite, sometimes the person receiving the Eucharist will say Amen before the person giving the Eucharist can even say the body of Christ. So, Amen, the body of Christ. And now, that could be for a whole variety of reasons, right? So, timing issues, maybe nerves. But it does make you wonder, like, are you receiving the Eucharist in empty fashion and therefore violating, in a certain sense, the second commandment? Okay, so to kind of further illustrate the point, think about the sacrament of baptism. And so as you probably know, the very word baptism comes from this Greek word, which means plunge, which is kind of appropriate because the early practice of the church back in the day when it came to the sacrament of baptism was to do it by way of full body immersion. So the person was plunged into the water to kind of denote a certain drowning or, or dying to the old sinful self to be reborn as a child of God. And so therefore, the great symbolism of the sacrament really points to the fact that when you receive the sacrament, you are making a full commitment to kind of go the way of God. But you see, once you understand that, it helps you to really kind of unpack this really important gospel involving John the Baptist that you find in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 3, which typically shows up on the occasion of the second Sunday of Advent. And so as a matter of background, John the Baptist is basically baptizing all sorts of different people from different walks of life at the River Jordan, but then he suddenly stops when it comes to the scribes and the Pharisees. And so first of all, he basically insults them by calling them a brood of vipers, right? But then on top of that, he challenges them. He challenges them to produce the fruit of good works, basically as a sign of their interior repentance, if you will. Now, on the face of it, this might seem like an arbitrary, unjust rejection of a certain category of persons, but there's something else kind of going on here, right? And so, when it comes to the scribes and the Pharisees, obviously they were known for kind of emphasizing the external practices of the faith as opposed to the real work of interior conversion of heart. And that's the reason why, of course, they always came in conflict with Christ himself. And so given all that, what John the Baptist is basically doing here, he's basically calling out the scribes and the Pharisees for their lack of integrity. He's calling them out for basically being hypocrites. In other words, what John the Baptist seems to be saying to these guys in this particular situation is like, look, I'm seeing a bit of a disconnect here, right? And so on the one hand, you're receiving the sacrament of baptism, which denotes, again, a certain dying to oneself to become a full disciple of the Lord. But at the same time, I'm not sensing a real commitment to kind of go the way of real conversion of hearts. But instead, you're simply practicing the faith, again, in an empty fashion. And quite frankly, the sacraments don't work like that, right? There's no way you can receive the fullness of the grace which Christ wants to give to you in the context of the sacraments if you're not fully committed, both on the head level and on the heart level. Okay, one final example, and I'll kind of end with this. So the other day I was, I was on YouTube, and I happened to see this clip from this movie called The Breakup, this romantic comedy that was made in 2006 which is basically about what you might expect. This breakup between two fictional characters, Gary, played by Vince Vaughn, and Brooke, played by Jennifer Aniston. And I have to admit that, to this day, I, I still haven't seen the entire movie, but I thought that this particular scene, this particular clip, was especially relevant to what we're talking about today. So, as a matter of background to this particular scene, Gary and Brooke, they just finished having dinner, and now Gary is on the couch, he's playing a video game, I think it's like Grand Theft Auto, and Brooke is about to go to the kitchen to do dishes. And as she's going, she invites Gary politely to help her do the dishes. But then in response, Gary says no, because he's playing his video game, right? And then he goes on to say, like, basically, who cares, right? Why not just wait till the morning and we'll do the dishes at that time? 
in response to which Brooke gets really upset. And so she says, like, I care. You know, I've been working all day. I've worked so hard on this dinner. I just want to do the dishes. I would love it if someone would help me do the dishes. Now, at this point, it's kind of interesting because if you read between the lines, Gary doesn't understand fully why Brooke is upset, but he knows at the same time that she's angry and upset. And so, you know, kind of reluctantly, he stops playing his video game. He gets off the couch and he says, like, fine, I'll, I'll do the damn dishes. But then in response, Brooke says, that's not what I want. And then Vince Vaughn's character says, well, what do you mean? I'm doing the dishes. And then she says, I want you to want to do the dishes. In response to which he says, why would I want to do dishes? Now, at this point, Jennifer Aniston's character sort of leans into the issue. So she basically says, that's my whole point. In response to which, Vince Vaughn's character is kind of confused. So he says, let me get this straight. You're upset because I don't have a strong desire to do dishes. In response to which, she basically says, no, I'm upset because you don't have a strong desire to offer to do dishes. And then when he responds predictably by saying, I'm offering now, she responds to him by saying, because I asked. Now, obviously, it's a really clever, funny, and beautiful scene, but it speaks to something really important when it comes to the spiritual life. Because the thing we always have to remember here, right, is that when it comes to finding a new life in Christ, and everything that implies, you know, peace, joy, freedom, everything that truly corresponds with the deep desires of the human heart, it's not simply a matter of carrying our cross. But you got to carry your cross in the right way, not in a begrudging sort of way, a way which reeks simply of duty and obligation, but rather in a joyful sort of way where I simply run in the direction that God wants me to run, where we do the dishes, if you will, willingly, joyfully. Not necessarily because we like doing the dishes, but rather because we are pleased by the fact that God is pleased by our willingness to correspond to his will. May God bless you all.